Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. As ever, I am the Legal 86, one of your three hosts, and I am joined by my very good friends, Tactic and Nerd Bomber. Is it Nerd, first name Nerd, last name Bomber, or full Nerd Bomber? Nah, I know it's, this. It's all one word. This is actually from Full House. If anybody doesn't know this, this was something that was on the OG Full House. In Full House, was the E a three? Because your E is a three. No, my E is not a three. It's just a regular E. Your E is not a three. Okay, your no. E used to be a three, though. No, the really? website the website we used to be on was a three, but it's not anymore. It was never my name. Was it ever a double three? Was it like N3? Erd bomb and then like no three er no yeah it's too many threes i thought about putting a three in i never did it though i already had numbers i figured just stick with stick with letters stick with the original pun we are here to talk about all things nerd this week we have a couple of pieces of video game news we have a new trailer to talk about for a gladiator rpg it just dropped today this is this is one of our hotter scoops the day that we're recording this we're talking about a launch trailer that just dropped and the game launches in steam early access today so we'll talk about that we're also going to talk about game that i think all three of us have played that's getting a sequel uh that is of course control 2 and we're gonna be talking about everyone's favorite pokemon trainer well i don't know is ash ketchum your guy's favorite pokemon trainer i have in this race i mean yeah he's cool he's a cool guy he's a cool hat no but red is I everyone's mean, true favorite ash is kind of a goof red is the the bamf i remember when i watched the show for the very brief time that i did i was a big fan of, of uh brock remember brock brock kind of reminds me of you honestly are you as horny as brock always was that's why he reminds me of him brock was always horny i don't remember yeah that. so horny. like really horny. like yeah for misty no for everyone like if they breathe for pokemon Jenny. no no women it, what if they had a pulse i don't know he was like oh my gosh i no longer like brock <laughs> It it happened so fast. I guess I'm Team Ash. Tracy was pretty um, cool too. He was one of the one of the originals in the second kind of go around. Who were the guys from Team Rocket? Jesse and James. What are their names? Were they and Meowth? That's right. Are they ever like? Are they misunderstood ever, or are they just full on bad? No, they're a hundred percent misunderstood. They're like their whole arc is was probably the most interesting part about like the first couple of seasons. They really just chef's kiss on like their background, their hard knock life. Just if you don't know about Jesse and James, you gotta look into Jesse and James. Wait, they had a hard knock life? Yeah. Weren't they like rich? James came from a rich family, but it was like neglected. And then Jesse wanted to be a nurse joy. She was supposed to be a nurse joy, but she kind of like failed out of it and like had to find her own path. She probably didn't want to change her name. So we we have a good we have a good thing going here. So much I was gonna do the, the old the old video game bread in, with the Pokemon sandwich, but let's let's go full Pokemon to start. Let's talk about this. Ash Ketchum has finally become the world's greatest Pokemon trainer. Now that's the headline. My immediate question seeing this headline was, okay, but he has to have like done this before, right? Like his nope. show's been on for well, 25 years. Well, he's been a champion before, but he hasn't been a world champion. And that's the difference. So it's, n- it's not, yeah. Cause I, and, well, yeah. And by the way, like the article, when I clicked it, it, it immediately told me this is the first time ever that the, and I love the way they phrase it here, the perpetual 10-year-old Ash Ketchum finally has become the world's greatest pokemon trainer after 25 years like i I think this is very interesting and like even as someone who as i'm sure any of the regular listeners know is well outside of the pokemon ecosystem like i love this from a narrative questions perspective and also like i don't know like i i think most people probably think of pokemon even people on the outside like me think about it as sport Right. Like it, it, it is a sport. It is a sport that's enjoyed and spectated and people have favorite trainers and they root for, you know, it, it's much like soccer or whatever. And one of the best things about professional sports is is parody. Like the fact that any team can win at all times. Right. So after 25 years, you would think this kid would win. And lo and behold, he does. Well, I want to be clear also that it's not 25 yeah. years of him trying. It was eight regions that he was trying in. So it's not it's not year over year. He just sucks. It's you know, there's a culmination of seasons throughout each region it was told of eight different regions so it's not it's not 25 years of of being terrible it's you know building up to each region's final bout and you know either placing or kind of making it part of the way almost making it making it or just not at all i love the narrative question though you know i'm sure the narrative drive of the pokemon show for the last 
however long, has been, how can Ash become a world champion? How can he become the very best that ever was? Now that he at least arguably is, where does he go from here? Like, I just think that's a very exciting jumping off point for the... And like, so many shows have encountered that same territory and have, have dealt with it. Right? Oh, this like, is this is yeah. easy. This is an easy answer. Oh, okay. Are by, you by right? all means. Is everyone sitting in- down? If you're listening, me. I hope you're sitting down for this. He turns 11. Oh my God, yes, they throw him a birthday party. (laughs) That would be fantastic. Is there evidence to suggest that after all this time, he, like, did they, like, casually throw in, like, after 24 years of the show being on, like, hey, Ash, you're still 10. Do you want to go, like, like, is is he very, like, definitively still 10? Like, he hasn't aged at all. I don't actually know if they've kind of made this joke. I've been kind of touch and go with the actual series, just keeping up on, like, hey, did he win this go? Hey, did he win this go? I didn't really watch every single episode because, you know, an adult and stuff, but I really, I really hope they wrap it up with that. I think that would be just fantastic now i i do want to because people are probably you know i I mentioned the regions and i do want to take note of kind of where he placed in each region so the first one was the kanto region he only made top 16 then that followed up with the the johto region and he was top eight then the hoenn region he was also top eight then he improved in the sino region at top four but then when he went to the unova region back down to top eight and then the kalos region runner up and then it wasn't until the artist started to like forget how to draw in the aloha region he made it to championship but i didn't i didn't like that one it just the art style bothered me and then it wasn't until now we're at the gala region when he is world champion officially so two Wait, championships is the art style back to normal it's it's still a little weird but it's it's much much better than the previous region and honestly i i kind of i watched the final battle and it was it was it was done fantastic they had the shading and the darkness and like the heart pumping moment they did a really good job on the art style of this final battle and if you haven't seen it again check it out they it'll make you proud if you grew up with the show what i would want to see and i know that ash ketchum is like a staple of the series now for 25 years ash and pikachu and they're never going to get rid of them but i would almost like to see like maybe not necessarily him taking a back burner but maybe even like a spin-off show where it's a little bit more adult you have a different set of main characters because one of the things that i feel like the main pokemon show has always done is kind of focus on that kid-centricness of ash ketchum because he is perpetually 10 and is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed even though there's like dark stuff like team rocket going on in the background i would love to see maybe like a, a spin-off now that you know the show's been on for 25 years ash ketchum finally won i want to follow somebody a little bit older i want to have something in like the vein of arcane or something like that but set in the pokemon universe i think that'd be super cool if there's a spinoff, I think it should be a kid that starts off as a Team Rocket member and like goes through that that whole thing so that we can see the complete and total opposite end of the spectrum. That'd be the only way to do it right. Otherwise, it would feel like something that's just trying to live in the, like replace Ash Ketchum and live in the same shadow of that. And it just, it would never measure up in my opinion. You'd have to do something Rocket-esque to really be something new and original. So you guys want, you want darkness. In particular, Nerd Bomber, it sounds like you want a... Well, but doing a more, Team more Rocket... More jaded, like, go ahead. But doing a Team Rocket doesn't have to be dark. That That's why Jesse and James was so well-received is because they were, they had depth. They were really well-rounded characters. There's... There was darkness all throughout Ash's story, all throughout it. I mean, for example, you know, Brock, we brought him up originally. He was abandoned by his father and his father went off to do his own thing. But like he had to take care of his brothers and that that sucks. And so there was always darkness in the show. Let me continue my my education on the show because I haven't watched it in so long. Do Pokemon ever die? Because they're fighting all the time. Do any of them die? I mean, Ash dies. He's died a bunch. Ash dies in the show? (laughs) Yeah. Even in the... No, not in the show, in the movies. He died a couple times. Oh, that's right. There is that episode where he's a ghost. Weird. How does he die? What, does he come back? Well, Mewtwo killed him, and then the power of friendship brought him back. What I want, and where I'm I'm going with this, I want Pikachu, just in terms of like the emotional manipulation potential of it, I want Pikachu to either die or retire. I, I think the latter. I mean, I want the positive emotion. Pikachu deserves to retire at this point. Pikachu's been through so much. He or she needs to move on. Should be allowed to move on. So that's 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 what I want for Well, there was a gritty fan made Pokemon where Pikachu is murdered and he's like going after the head of 
the, the trainer Ash is now going after the head of who like runs the tournaments things to end Pokemon battles. So there's a there's a fun side side dark story there. It just it, it I think I think it might feel weird now for the show to kind of continue the way it always has if we've reached this this kind of high watermark. But maybe, I mean maybe I'm wrong. They can just say hey we're going to keep doing the same thing we've done because it's successful. I do wonder additionally and maybe you guys can speak to this. I mean you know the new games are coming out imminently. Is this is the timing of this intentional? Is no, there? I, I think there's no relation to the timing of this. The games have never really tied into the series. It's just been kind of a region thing. You get exposed to your region with your own custom character, and it's independent of what Ash is doing on his thing. I mean, that that that's why when, when you ask, is Ash your favorite? And I said red. Red is what Pokemon Red and Blue was made from. It was Pokemon Red and Blue. It was made from those characters. Right. Last question that I have. If not becoming world champion, is the the end point of pokemon for ash ketchum to truly catch them all because if it is i'm going to go ahead and say the show will never end it's not possible i don't think anymore and i don't think it ever was his whole thing was to be a pokemon master and i know the like tagline is gotta catch them all but i think from ash's standpoint that was never really the goal i think that was a nice to have but throughout the series there have been instances where he lets pokemon go because you know he's befriended them and they want to be wild and he lets them go on their way he's had the opportunity to catch a legendary pokemon and hasn't so i don't think he is really on the gotta catch them all collector path which is what makes this so interesting because you know winning it all was the end goal for him for so long but that said there's always new regions so as long as there's a new region the show will never end what i want is an espn 30 for 30 about his his rise to pokemon world champion status uh, i agree so- and they need to wrap it up with the fact that mr mimes is real dad say what oh yeah there's there's a ton of yeah i need i need to just this is one thing i always loved about ash ketchum is based there's a ton of evidence that ash isn't human that he's like part mr mind because mr mind's always hanging out with his moms and his dad's never around so one could elude because he's humanoid and the key evidence and you've seen this you can even put aside all of the other things that you might not have seen in the pokemon franchise the pokemon mewtwo movie okay mewtwo was so intimidated by ash that he felt the need to put up a barrier when he went to punch him ash is ripped he's a pokemon and he's got crazy strength he was gonna mega punch mewtwo he was gonna mega punch mewtwo this is this strikes me as like a jar jar binks is a sith lord level theory meaning it's founded so is jar jar binks as a sith lord but that's another there's a lot of evidence on that yeah that's that's a different view, right? It's a totally different topic, but it seems like it's on the same plane of existence of like would be totally crazy, insane, definitely isn't true, but has a lot of like evidence that can be pulled out of the source material to support it, which is I think that's very interesting. It's like it's like the nice version and not at all harmful version of conspiracy theories, which in real life, in my opinion, are very, very harmful. But we congratulate Ash Ketchum on his major victory. We wish him all the best going forward. I guess according to this article, he may be moving up on to this Paldea, Paldea region. Yeah, so, that, that's where the new ones are coming out of, the new, the next new games. So like I said, it's tied to the regions, but it's not really ever tied to his story. So we, we all expected that because of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet coming out. But yeah, where they're going to go with it, I, I, I think his story's ended. I think we, they can wrap it up, put a little bow on it, and call it a Dizzy. And bring in Brock and turn it into like a dating show. Wouldn't that be something? Or 30 for 30. I, I really do want that. I would actually, I don't really care about Pokemon that much, but I would totally watch that just for the like interest value of it. For the record, Brock in Love is Blind would be Shane. Every person he's talking to, oh, oh, you're so hot. You sound so hot. Have you still not watched the third season of Love is Blind yet? No, we have not. Yeah, we guys, we've talked about this a little bit off the air. It is now over. That season is concluded. There's some, look, there's some juicy stuff. It's Love is Blind. Do you know what you're going to get? If ever you watch it, let's talk about it because it's pretty intense stuff. Let's move on. Let's talk about Gladiators. Not the movie, not the, not not the Gladiator movie, which actually I've never seen. That's a fun fact about me. I feel like I feel like I'm exactly the person who should have seen Gladiator and like probably loved it, but I just like never got around to it. That's maybe that's not a fun fact. I mean, that's maybe you're like, "Wow, it's your problem." But that's that's me. We who are about to die 
which is an interesting title for a game. Officially launched today in Steam Early Access, we got an official launch trailer for this game. This is an action roguelike RPG game where you are, you guessed it, a gladiator. A lot of custom loadouts, very interesting physics-based, physics-simulated combat system. And the first question that I have for the two of you, I'm not sure either of you can answer this because I know I certainly can't. In the trailer, they talk about roguelite gameplay with a T. In the blurb I'm reading, I'm seeing action roguelike with a K. Which is it? Are they, do they mean the same thing? Do they mean different things? Is my brain melting out of my ears? I don't like roguelite slash roguelike. It, it stresses me out as a gameplay like thing. But with that said, this looks amazing. I, th- I think this has a great vibe. I think it looks like it has a great weight. It looks like a video game that kind of plays like a board game. And I mean that very positively in a, in a lot of ways. But I'll turn it over to you guys for, for what you thought about this, whether you're willing, whether you're going to get this, because the sad thing for me is that it doesn't look like it's a console game, at least not yet. So I'm on the outs looking in on this one. So I was not a fan of the combat. The way that it looked like it was executed is very contingent on the way in which you sort of point your cursor around. So it looks like it was really optimized for PC. The other thing is, you know, if if you were to use a controller, would that be this thing that you're constantly kind of having to position while hitting it? Whereas, well, I think it would be kind of like a fighting game in that scenario where, you know, how when you're, you know, pressing different button combos and the direction in which you have your stick, your your squiggly squaggling with the control stick. I think it would probably be similar to that. Yeah, but you can generally lock on to enemies so you don't need to like squiggly squaggle as you see. And then it's just it's a technical term, by the way. It seems kind of clunky of a combat style to me. So that was like my first turn off on this game. The customization, you guys know I'm, I'm I'm a simp for, as the kids are saying, but other than that i mean i thought it was just really neat and i think this is probably the the part that you were more intrigued by as well legal the idea of first of all working through different missions and kind of picking you know what path you want to go and how to build your character and it seems like you have a crew and kind of like building your own story because you got to have a backstory for your character and i think that while there are a lot of games based in like roman times and greek times and you're doing battle there hasn't really been a whole lot of gameplay focused on you know what it was like to be a gladiator back in the day and it's not necessarily all glory you start out and you get captured sometime as a slave or something and then you're thrown into this pit and you have to try to survive for people's entertainment and i think the story potential and character building potential here is the part that really sticks out for me and i i do like uh, i mean for me the First roguelike, roguelike game. I don't have a good answer to your question. I'm sorry. It's a, um, yeah, I'll, let me do some Googling. Keep, keep talking. But the first one that I played was Hades, and I didn't think I would like it either, but I think they're obviously very different styles of games, but from what I could tell of the system in this game, it seemed like a very similar style of progression where it's more or less you get to choose what dungeon you want to move into based on the benefits and perks that you might get out of winning it and i don't think based on just the style of play it doesn't seem like you're necessarily going to like die and have to start all over from square one but i think it'll be more like oh maybe you die and then you have to go back to the drawing board and figure out a new path or something like that i think i saw there was like a demo out there for this game and i might give it a whirl just to see how that progression system works because if it is something where you like you lose all of your stuff and you don't have some carryover progression like in games like hades i think that would be kind of frustrating but but I'd have to give it a whirl to try. They had showed the risk and reward system with regards to you know, if you bring your, your weapons into battle, you can guarantee that you leave with them, but you can't always guarantee that if you lose. So I think that's what the risk reward system is with regards to progression saving is, is each one is sort of a roll of the dice on how you want to progress as you battle, which I, I think that's interesting. I think you, you can choose to be conservative and guarantee you hold on to your weapons or you can risk it if they're stronger or not. And it's just, I like that aspect of it. I think it as a strategy element that's sort of unexpected. Well, I think if that's the case, then I will enjoy it. But a lot of roguelike games or roguelite, I'm sure Liga will tell us in a few seconds what the case is. Maybe. But a lot of them, if you die, you basically lose everything. All of your stats are gone. All of your equipment is gone. Any progress you made is gone. All you got is the knowledge that you gained along the way. And I don't like those. Those games so, can go bite it. a couple things. The difference between roguelike and roguelite is it's a long explanation <laughs> tldr apparently it is uh, something that like the terms are interchanged a lot and that's incorrect and the broad strokes interpretation that i'm reading is that rogue lights with the t are 
a little bit less stringent in their like interpretation. Roguelites and roguelikes are both kind of based on this foundational gameplay that was kind of laid out by a game, a really old game actually called Rogue that has, you know, random map generation, permadeath, turn-based combat, a lot of things that typically go into roguelites and, and roguelikes. Again, there's there's more to this, but what I'm reading very quickly here is that roguelite is a more loosely defined version of that. So it, it's it's a little it goes a little easier on you essentially i will say one thing that kind of got me about this trailer too you know it, it has this like i think i would call it a cute graphical style and then someone dies and they're like you're gonna die a lot which i struggle with games like that and that's like again one of the reasons i don't really go in for roguelites a whole lot but the person's head like exploded off their body like it was like pretty it's like pretty violent so i thought that was interesting i didn't necessarily dislike it i just thought that was interesting the other thing that i think is interesting about it and kind of gives me pause is when i think gladiator right and this is probably my own mental shortcoming but when i think gladiator i think no it was russell crowe first of all i think of a dude fighting a dude in an arena and then like caesar like puts the thumb up or down kind of thing this is like these are like huge battles there's like 20 people fighting each other at the same time so like at that point maybe this is part of the risk and reward stuff i was i was googling roguelites i wasn't listening with 100 percent of my listening capability but like if you're in one of those gigantic battles right are you right in the thick of it just swanging that thing around or are you like on the outskirts maybe shooting an arrow or two maybe slashing where you can like what is the risk reward there like what benefit do you get from like killing Killing the most dudes is your goal just to survive because if your goal is just to survive then i'm i'm chilling on the outskirts waiting for the correct opportunity to strike well i think that's going to be part of the strategy and i think that your goal is yeah. to survive and based on like what mission you pick there's different i guess rewards like i think there's monetary rewards from what it looked like so that if you went a certain mission like it might be easier but you'll get less money than if you took a harder path and you'd get more money to potentially right. upgrade your stuff or get more gang members so basically the main right. takeaway is always get in the thick of it and swing that thing around that well that, that's that's i think where where this game's gonna live or die and it sounds like you're, you were agreeing nerd bomber is like what we don't have a huge sense from you know this trailer is a minute and a half long or something we don't have the hugest sense of like where the depth of this game is you know that we saw a lot of like skill tree stuff a lot of board gamey looking stuff all that physics-based combat uh, you know kind of random mission generation like a lot of really cool things but what is the core gameplay going to be like in terms of strategy how do you attack a large a mission where you're fighting a large group of dudes i'm sure there's some nuance to it you know do you take certain missions like you said based on which one pays more which one's more dangerous you know there's probably a balance there but to be determined by anyone who wants to sign up for well get it now via steam early access or people who want to get it when it launches i don't know when it has a wide launch go check it out and uh if you've ever ever wanted to be like russell crowe now is your best chance potentially or gerard butler or gerard butler gerard butler was the 300 guy which is like mm -hmm. i would say that's gladiator adjacent like he wasn't a gladiator yeah they were spartans yeah but i mean you know i was afraid if to you the put him in the arena specific he is like a that's right here in that one he was uh was that white house down or is white house down the one with, with channing tatum i don't know the there were a couple came out of like the same the exact time the white house went down like three times in one year one of those <laughs> one of those years in, in like 2017 or something it was like a big year it's for a that sort year. of movie so yeah whichever one hey here's to you gerard butler uh, law-abiding citizen also a very good gerard butler movie in any case we're gonna move on now to our break but before we do that i would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller stephen as i've mentioned is going to be joining us real soon on the show that is one of the perks he receives as part of his night level subscription on our patreon he gets this producer shout out he gets weekly input into the game segment of course monthly access to the secret segment and the vlog but also that coveted occasional guest spot in which he gets to come on and share some opinions with us share a game segment with us have a bowl full of laughs coming or at least up a soon. cup full of laughs coming up very soon if you want to be like steven you can subscribe on the night level to our patreon you can also subscribe as a squire level patron on our patreon which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there's also a page level of access which gets you access to the monthly secret segment details on any and all of these levels of support are found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast you want to be like steven you want to get that guest spot you want to come on and beat me in a quiz it's not that hard but it still feels good that's what she said. Let's take a break. Thanks again to Steven. We will be back in a few short moments to talk about Control 2. Late at night on September 27th, 1977, three terrible things happened in the small town of Garrison. An infant 
was stolen from its crib, never to be seen again. A forest fire sparked just a mile down the road, and the first in a series of grisly murders rocked the town. All had one thing in common. They were perpetrated by what those in the town called the Shadow Man. I'm going to bring you along on my investigation into just who the Shadow Man is. Welcome to Strange Trails. I'm your host, Finn Mitchell. Control 2, sequel to Control 1, also known as just Control. Remedy Entertainment has confirmed that this is in development for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC. We all played Control. Yeah, am I misremembering that? Nerd Bomber, I'm almost positive you did. But I, I did, could yes. be wrong about that, too. Tactic, did you play Control? I watched Did you control? I have to say, before we hop into this, yeah, missed please. opportunity, instead of calling it Control 2, and they still have time, but like they could have so many puns, like Control Z, to try to like undo stuff or control alt delete that's good you know like come on you can do better than control 2 yeah like mission control you could even do freak control z but make the z look like a 2 ground control and then it's like double to major tome we'll let them we'll let them stay with that i'm sure they're listening but it's funny you know looking back on because i control this was a good three four years ago at this point am i misremembering it feels like it was a long time ago that I it feels like a while ago yeah i want to say was did it come out during the height of the pandemic like lockdown? no no i think it was well before was it really let me i feel like i played it quick, during lockdown let me do a quick googs it came out in August 2019, so pre-pandemic. Okay, so, okay, but that tracks because then I got it for about Christmas. About three years. I got it for Christmas, yeah, so then that would work. That tracks. And that might have been what happened to me as well. I honestly don't remember. Control, it's funny, like looking back on it, I, I really enjoyed the experience. It had a strong narrative. I, I remember two things about it. I didn't love the ending. That was thing one that I didn't love about it. And thing two, this game was freaking hard. I remember there there's there was one mission in the game, and Nerdbomb, I'm wondering if you'll remember this. There was one like boss fight in this game that it took me so many tries to beat. Were things like flying at you? Like things were flying at you and and it was like there was a guy like trapped in a fridge or something. It was a whole. Th- you, do you remember what I'm talking about at all? Or my miss? It's oh man, it's gonna bother me so much now. I have to Google it. Control boss fight in a fridge. It's like it's like in a fridge or something. Fridge duty. No, it is fridge duty. It's the worst. Uh, you're fighting something called the former. It yeah, it throws crap at you. Uh, has gigantic spider legs. I remember wanting to throw my PlayStation Four out of my window of my apartment. So yeah, I'm thinking back to where I lived at this time and i lived in my apartment which was again two moves ago so but control was great control 2 is an obvious choice the budget for this game is 52 million dollars i don't know that we often talk about budgets for games but some some context witcher 3 wild hunt which won a bunch of game of the year awards 81 million red dead redemption again very well acclaimed game between 80 and 100 million so 52 million is not like up there but it's like pretty high i feel like that makes sense though like the first control it won a bunch of awards and i think it was kind of like one of those i don't want to call it like a hidden gem because it definitely wasn't it got all the hype once it finally came out but i don't think people expected it to be as good as it was right because it came out of nowhere is what i do remember about it i'm trying to think what if was quantum break the last game that remedy had worked on before control i think it might have been and like i enjoyed my time with quantum break i don't remember if you got around to playing that while you still had an xbox i started it and did not finish it i mean Uh, that was my experience i thought it was good i thought that the TV show aspect of it was a little gimmicky and I can see why not everybody loved that because then you it broke immersion because then you had to sit yeah. there and watch like a half hour episode of something and you're like what? So like I get that but like I think coming off of Quantum Break being so meh I don't think anybody assumed Control would be good and then it was so I can see them now throwing a bigger budget to make a bigger better version of it. Yeah not only does this make sense but it makes dollars too. But um. T- it was a cool idea, Quantum Break was, but yeah, the execution, I, I definitely struggled with, like you said, kind of just being ripped back and forth out from from under it, essentially. And yeah, looking at it, by the way, that was the last game before Control came out. So yeah, I, I, w- I would say it's fair to say this kind of came out of nowhere at the time. People didn't see it coming, but yeah, I did win a bunch of awards after that. And it was a super cool game. I loved the ambiance of it. And I'm guessing now 
we're going to get an even higher quality heightened experience from Control 2. So very excited. I think no one of the things, direct information about when it's coming. But yeah. One of the things that uh, Remedy does really well, and this is Alan Wake, Quantum Break, Control. I think they do a really good job at bringing in like fun and interesting gameplay because they always have that like kind of, is it telekinesis when you can control things? All of their games it, it, have it like is, yeah. some sort of element of telekinesis. And then there's like the supernatural aspect. And you kind of have that that mystery of a story and as you play like you pick up little bits and pieces of the lore as you go and eventually like things kind of become clearer as you play and I think that to me is really cool because a lot of game stories can't pull that off when they try to be too mysterious and it's just kind of like annoying you know what I mean and I think that's one of the neat things with Remedy is that they kind of blend you know your average everyday shooter with this supernatural element and give you a really cool story that keeps you engaged so I'm really excited to see See what they do with control too because i remember really wanting to know more if i'm trying to I, like i don't want to spoil the first game for anybody but i feel like there were still a lot of loose ends and things that weren't completely explained that i want explained it was super was interesting you're being too gentle I, th- I thought the ending was bad because it left a lot of loose threads and i remember it, i remember it was very abrupt and i was like wait that's the end but i think that was purposeful because i think they were planning on weaving a bigger world because if i'm also not mistaken like some of the the lore pieces and like papers that you picked up along the way hinted that there was a direct connection to some of the events in Alan Wake and Quantum Break and that I believe in one of the interviews, I might be wrong, somebody fact check me, but I want to say that Remedy basically said that all of their games exist in this interconnected world. So I think that was like done on purpose because they wanted to revisit and like flesh out a second game. Granted, should you do that? Like, should you wrap up a game and kind of have it be self-contained with the possibility of having a second game or should you kind of leave a cliffhanger? if you know you're going to come back to it again i think this game i don't know that they expected this game like who you shouldn't make a game expecting there to be a sequel so i I, I just don't agree with that on principle is there the risk that this is actually like this is just a poorly executed money grab and it's not going to resonate as well as the first one i don't think so. no not not for 52 million dollars i i have i have enough faith in them for that also worth noting there is a four-player cooperative pve title that they announced last year that takes place within the control universe using the same game engine that i'm also super excited about because cooperative pve is a fun jam for me so i like the direction remedy is going with this franchise i just want the stories to be better like i shouldn't i shouldn't be that harsh the story and control was good the ending i don't know i don't i don't even know if i want to give them that much credit to say that they were like planning a sequel i think they were just like ah, oh, we don't know what's going on we just yeah, let's cap it off here it's a vague ending but it it serves the purpose of an ending it just it felt it felt very unsatisfying to me that's what i remember about it but control 2 may make that better and if not control 2 maybe control 3 and then there's going to be control avengers and control endgame control infinity war etc missed opportunity on control z you you, you weren't kidding now i can't stop thinking about that because the z could look like a two like you said right remedy you know where to send the ro- royalty checks if you steal that idea actually you don't we don't have an address we don't we don't announce that on the podcast that would be weird but if you want to send us a royal royalty check by all means reach out to us at online warriors one is our, is our twitter account uh, we also have at ow lady six which is my account at ow tactic and at ow nerd bomber are my reliable co-hosts hit us up there any of our listeners can hit us up there to talk about all things control all things we who want to die is that what it's, that's not what it's called i keep getting it wrong we who will die we the hell is it called we who are about to die we who are about to die that's because they don't want to die or uh ash ketchum being the world champion hit us up let's talk about what we've been up to in the meantime i'm going to turn it over to my good friend tectic tectic it's your week to go first i guess i don't know i don't keep track of this but it's it feels right so go ahead so mine's gonna be ridiculously short it has just been grinding for me i have just been basically like on just, a skateboard yeah sure i've basically made a divot in my couch just staring deeply into my switch playing breath of the wild it's still going i'm still gonna finish it i am determined i'm uh three beast down one to go and then the final boss and then i'm good but it is a grind so and it's a good time i'm actually starting to like it now that i'm becoming like powerful enough to 
walk around outside without getting the snot kicked out of me. I'm actually starting to enjoy it. So I can kind of see, I thought, I thought there were a lot of just crazy people out there, but it just takes a little bit to start to enjoy. But see, this isn't an endorsement. Like this, this is what I, this is my issue with Zelda games. You're like, I only had to play it for like 60 hours and I'm finally starting to enjoy it. It's like, that's not, that's too long, man. Think, think about one of the, my, you know, all-time favorites of the last couple of years, Metroid Dread. It was a grind. It was not an easy game, you know. But it didn't take that long. And also, it was... I thought it was fun from the start. It was a grind, though. That's a good yeah. point. It was a grind. And so I remember I complained about that. On there's the nothing show. wrong with grinding S games. It's just... My biggest comment with this one is that it, it didn't really... Like, you had to Google how to do a lot of stuff. But then once you kind of got comfortable with it, it it's, it's, it's an enjoyable game. So that's my main thing. I've just been grinding away. And I will finish this, folks. I'm notorious for not finishing games, and this one I will finish. Yeah, we we have to move on because he's raising my blood pressure just hearing you talking about having to Google how to do parts of a game. That just it does sound a good game. Which, like, I know that's the hottest take on the universe. On the universe is that Breath of the Wild is not a good game, but that doesn't sound like a good game to me. It's a good game. I I, I take back. It's a good game. Just chill. I'll I'll look. I'll I'll calm down. I'll look. Let me let me decompress by giving my update. I read a book. That's it. That's my Ooh, update. I read a book. What book? I read The Midnight Library. I was I was late to this party. I think this book came out like you read this either last, last week year. Too. Or the year before. Did I read it last week? I wasn't yeah. finished with it. I finished I finished it a couple days ago. It wasn't that good. Really? That's like my broad... It, that feels yeah, like I, a again, take. This is a hot take. I just like... I don't... Did you think, have to... Did you have to Google how to read it? Is that why? No. It just... I see what you did there. It just like... On page like maybe 20 to 25, I was like, I can see so clearly where this is going to end up. And then I wound up being right. And like, like, that's not was it about the journey more so than the destination? Like, it was it one of those type of books and you just didn't appreciate the journey? No, it was more so it was like at the end they were like, this is the moral. You learned something because you wound up in this spot. And I was like, I didn't learn anything because I already knew what that this spot was the spot that she should wind up in. And, you know, I knew that. So I didn't learn anything. It, like that's that's too harsh. It wasn't a bad book. It just I expected more out of it based on all the hype. And I didn't think it was that good. The concept was all right. I liked the concept. I didn't love the execution. Conversely, I watched a movie that I greatly enjoyed. And I did very much appreciate the execution. It was a movie called See How They Run, uh, which is currently on HBO Max. It is a whodunit. So if you're into mysteries, which I I very much am, I love Knives Out. I now love this movie. I'm very, very much looking forward to Glass Onion. This is kind of my amuse-bouche for, for Glass Onion. This was really, really enjoyable. It's a whodunit that plays heavily on the tropes of whodunits to what I would say is great effect. Uh, Sam Rockwell is in it, who I like a lot and who was particularly good. But the true show stealer was Cersei Ronan. I may be pronouncing that name wrong because her name is impossible to pronounce, but I gave it my best shot. She was really good. So I would recommend that. It's also an hour and 38 minutes, which I want to applaud a movie for not being over two hours. Like, like my wife and I were talking about going to see Wakanda Forever, which for all I know, maybe you're about to talk about having seen Wakanda Forever. I, I don't know. But one of the reasons we decided against going to see it is that it's two hours and 43 minutes long. And hey, look, that's too long. Like, I... <laughs> That's, That's a good couch movie. It's yeah, like especially to go to a theater and like sit through the previews and like do the whole. It's like that's your whole. That's your whole day. It's like your your whole day is shot. So it's an entire afternoon. Honestly, I I don't want to say that they've done themselves a disservice, but I almost feel like because they have Disney Plus now and you know that the movie is going to hit in the next two months or so on Disney Plus and you can now watch these three hour epics from the comfort of your own home and on the comfort of your own toilet with a pause button when you really need to wee. I feel like they've you're done sitting you're watching movies on the toilet. No, I'm saying that instead of using a strange theater toilet, you can just use your own toilet when you got to pee halfway through the movie and then you can pause it and not miss anything. It's great. I like my own toilet better than other toilets. There I said it. And who doesn't? And if you have to throw up in the middle of the movie you can do that from your home toilet too fun backstory here one time i went to a movie with nerd bomber and i threw up in the middle of it yes he did the intern starring robert de niro (laughs) most (laughs) random movie on the planet got up in the middle of it went to the bathroom and threw up i was like wow i didn't realize the movie was that bad i'm fine now i'm all better but it was a it was a rough experience anyways that's my update i read a book i watched a movie and one time like 
10 years ago, I threw up in a movie theater bathroom and Nerd Bomber was there. She wasn't in the bathroom with me, no, but she was I, like I in the theater. Yeah. Anyways, Nerd Bomber, let us know what's been going on in your life. So I watched a movie and I played a game and I'm still reading The Winners by Frederick Bachman, which is the final book in the Beartown series. Haven't finished it yet. It's very lengthy compared to the first two. Uh, but I did try to play Overwatch 2. And I also tweeted about this. And I'm just a little confused. I don't understand what I'm doing. And I, it makes me feel really dumb because oh, I no. am. I'm very experienced in first person shooters i should not be as confused as i am but like so you have i've never played the first overwatch i'm like just getting into it overwatch 2 is replay i don't want to i don't want to shame you if anything i want to shame myself are we too old is that what the problem is? i really don't think it is but i think it's one of those cases where maybe like if you didn't hop on the bandwagon in the first one you're just like out in left field for the second one but like there's all of these heroes which is a cool concept you know you've got like your tank your the shooters they do a lot of damage don't remember what the class is called then you have like your support class and within each of those classes you have a myriad of characters to pick from and they all have like different skills and abilities and different like weapon styles and shooting styles um so like one you don't get to like change weapons you're just like locked into whatever skills and weapon that character has so like one character might have a sniper rifle and that's all you got with their special abilities another one is pistols and that's all you got the other one is a shotgun type thing and that's all you got you can't switch weapons like you have to get good at that character and those skills you know as the person who had watched you play i will not say that you were too old to play this like no cap the way she yeeted the other players she oh my gosh <laughs> well okay that no i don't even know what that means but what did I you guess- say before too you're trying to trying to use the podcast up you said something before too that was very very like zoomery yeah i don't remember what it is anyways good job with the youth outreach but the entire concept of the game so it's very team-based right Like you have an objective, you're supposed to work with your team. That's why there's different classes. Like the support class is supposed to keep everyone else alive. The tank class is supposed to basically absorb damage while the damage dealing class goes out there and kicks butt. But like you're supposed to, you're supposed to chaperone. That's not the right word, but you're supposed to shadow escort. You're supposed to escort escort like a payload or something through the map. And I actually, I actually prefer chaperone. or you're supposed to defend it so on so forth but every time i get into a game it doesn't feel like anybody's working as a team and i know i'm really bad because i don't like putting my mic on during a game so like part of it's my own fault but even like you can ping people using the d-pad so you don't have to like talk to communicate and like nobody is playing as a team and they're playing like a deathmatch game and then you just lose and it's very confusing and i don't know if that's the point i don't know i'm just very confused that that's just where I'm nutting out with Overwatch. So I made this plea on Twitter, but if you have any suggestions how to get good, as the kids say, I don't even know if the kids say that anymore, but if you have any suggestions they, they how to get it. good, let me know because I have no idea what I'm doing. And we also then watched a movie, Britney Runs a Marathon. This is a Amazon Prime original. This has been out for a few years, essentially about a funny young woman who is a little bit overweight and she goes to the doctor and like her life is a mess like she doesn't really have a good grasp on career relationships anything like that she drinks all the time and then her doctor basically tells her hey like you are very unhealthy you should probably you know try to get healthier so she kind of has a breakdown at some point and then determines that she's gonna run a marathon and there's obviously funny moments because the cast is all like comedy actors but it was a very like heartfelt kind of feel-good story there's a lot of like pitfalls and triumphant moments and it's kind of like a roller coaster of emotions but in the end it is like a very feel-good movie and apparently based off a true story so we're always on the lookout for like light and funny movies and i know there's a few rom-coms like coming on the horizon but there's not really a lot of comedies so i mean this was a nice light i guess not light because there was a lot of like reflect on your life type moments But it was a funnier movie and not as investing as like a a drama or something like that. So yeah, we didn't want to leave with existential dread. Yeah, that's that's like my big takeaway. I'm going into like the darkness of seasonal winter sadness. And it's like all of the movies are super deep and just dark. And it's like, what is this? So that that is me. That is what I did. That is you. Well, here, look, here's me. 
here is me having a quiz to host, which is rare for me. Let's going back through the quiz records. Uh, Nerd Bomber at 12 and 9, Tectic at 12 and 11. I'm at 10 and 17. Steven, 2 and 1. So it's a Nerd Bomber v Tectic showdown today. Again, kind of battling for like first place supremacy. I don't want to do the math right now, but I think if Tectic wins, he might be ahead of Nerd Bomber at that point. I'll, I'll do the math later if that happens. Quiz topic today is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, which I very much appreciate because I like him. So let's dive right in. Look, Ryan Reynolds is hot, right? That's just a that's just a fact. That's not a question, just a fact. By the way, Tactic will go first because he's lower in the standings. So what? no, Nerdbomber will go first because it gives Tactic an advantage. That's right. That's how advantages work. When was Ryan Reynolds named sexiest man alive? Looking for a year here. And also, when I typed this question into my phone, I wrote, I wrote, when was he sexiest man alive? But it corrected it to, when was he named sexiest man Alice? So... <laughs> When was he named Sexiest Man Alice, Nerd Bomber? I feel like it was fairly recent. I want to say it was like 26. Budge. My number was not intended to be the plus one. And that's 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 really frustrating to me because that's a that's like a solid guess. I know who this year's is. It's Captain Who's America, by the way. Also, okay, I yeah, just I, realized- I actually didn't know. I said fairly recently, 2016, and that is not fairly recently at all. Where is my sense of time? Is is two years not plus one? It's all relative. I I don't know how to answer that. I would say two years is, uh, it's okay distance, but I I think Nerbomber reserves the right to complain. That's what I would say. I'll complain, but it's technically not a plus one, so. It's a really good guess. I... You know what? 2017. He used his plus one. A total whiff on the plus one. 2010, guys. What? Before, this really? Was, this is pre-Deadpool. This is pre-a lot of stuff. This was He was he was hot I mean, stuff back in the day. This was his like rom-com era. He was a Hollywood heartthrob before he was everything else that he is. Yes. So I, I believe the proposal, which uh, the bonus question is about the proposal. So if we get to the tiebreaker. That's God, what, that's such uh, a good movie. Uh, I, yeah, he I believe that look movie good. came out he, in 2009. He, in 2010, so. he was he was not as good looking. I'm telling you. I well, mean, he was, look, but okay. But the, he's also being the, compared to Johnny Depp and Conan O'Brien in this year. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. Let's continue talking about how hot he is, but in a different way. How about that? Zero zero. Going into question two. What you might not know. One thing you might not know about Ryan Reynolds. Well, I'm sure you know he's Canadian. You know who else is Canadian? A lady named Alanis Morissette, and they dated for a few years back in the back in the 2000s. She put out an album called Flavors of Entanglement in 2008, and it had a song on it called Torch that she later revealed is about him. How many plays does this song have on Spotify? I really like this question. Yeah, I went, I dug deep for question two. I had a lot, a lot of fun putting this quiz together. See, this is what we miss when you lose all the time, illegal. Come on. You got to win more next time. I'll, I'll try. I don't know what to say to that. One million. <laughs> Tactic. Tactic with a cool mill. I'm trying to think if people go back that far into her discography. Probably not. The people who listen to it might be listening to it on like CD or vinyl. But maybe, I mean, she's pretty popular though. So maybe they do go back and revisit it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking because I know what... I love the inner monologue. Yeah, it's really good. I know what current hits usually typically run on Spotify within the first like year. And I've even gone back and listened to stuff from the 90s and I know what how many plays they typically have. I'm going to be As we've established on this show, yeah, I think in a secret segment we talked about how you're kind of a Spotify crazy person. Yeah, I'm the Spotify aficionado. I'm going to go ahead and say 400,000, but I think I'm just being conservative and I'm going to kick myself if it ends up being in the millions. Nerd Bomber, you dropped the Spotify question. Tactic actually almost got it. He was very close. 1,096,322. So in the okay, grand scheme, yeah. I feel like that's very, very close. So it's not the most popular song on this album, but also I haven't heard the title of a single song on this album. And also, I didn't listen to the song. I'll listen to it after this. I don't know. I just I haven't listened to it yet. In any case, Tactic takes a one nothing lead. Question three, also kind of only tangentially Ryan Reynolds re- related, but I'm, again, I'm having a good time with this. What is the proof of Aviation Gin? Guys, he owns Aviation Gin. That's like, that's... Or he's like, he's like a co-owner. He's like a sp- spokesman for it. That's what the point of the question. What is the proof of aviation, Jen? 80 proof. That's a bust. It's 70 proof. Don't sound so confident. It is 84 proof. Fudge. So, but I didn't say fudge. Nerd Bomber. <laughs> I like my gin. Nerd Bomber almost nails it. Hits, hits the nail on the head. So we are tied at one to one. And there are two questions remaining as well as a bonus question. We're going to continue to discuss his business ventures. How much of Mint Mobile does Ryan Reynolds own? 
And we're t- I'm looking for a percentage here. What percentage of the company does he own? Oh, this is easy. This is 53%. Shoot, I was going to say that. I feel like it, maybe it's not that much, though. I feel like he owns so many different things. 5%. It's actually a range here, given as 20 to 25%. No one knows exactly how much, but the long story short is Tectic, you busted. So that brings Nerd Bomber to two points and Tectic to one point. Going into the final question, pre-tiebreaker, Deadpool came out in 2016. I remember that. When was Ryan Reynolds first attached to and involved in the production of Deadpool? Looking for a year. And Nerd Bomber, you would go first. 2012. No plus ones here. So this is actually a trick question. He was actually working on it for a lot longer than you might think. So I'm going to say Jesus times. (laughs) (laughs) We're going back to Jesus times to great effect. February 2004 is when he was first attached to the project. It lived and died a couple of times, but that was when he was first attached to it. Actually, well before X-Men Origins Wolverine came out. So before he ever... I actually knew the answer to this one, but I couldn't remember the exact, exact year and I didn't want to buff. Which means... It's tiebreaker time. It's tiebreaker time. I get to unveil my favorite question, my question about the proposal, which if you haven't seen it, is a Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock romantic comedy. And Betty White. Uh, I was going to say Betty White's also in it. Also Oscar from The Office. It's it's something else. Uh, this movie came out in 2009, if my memory serves. What is the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes? This is a text in answer. Give me a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's out of what? It's out of 100. I feel like I shouldn't even tell you that. What a, what a silly question. All right. Uh, well... I need to find another question because you both busted. Nerd Bomber guessed 69. Very... With the emoji. Tell them about the emoji. The tongue out emoji. Very mature and appropriate. Tactic actually guessed 67. So you guys were like unbelievably close to each other. And what was it actually? So it was 45. Look, it's a romantic comedy. They're very often not considered all that good. So we'll go with an old standby for the tiebreaker question. How old is Ryan Reynolds? Again, looking for a text in response. Okay, you guys both busted again. So I have to find another tiebreaker. (laughs) question and also are you guys looking at each other's phones because tactic guessed 48 and nerd bomber guessed 49 and also nerd bomber used the tongue out emoji again you think he's 49 years old jeez i don't know i feel like celebrities are deceptive he is 46 he is 46 so you guys were close okay here's a good one how tall is ryan reynolds looking for feet and inches don't give me like full inches i don't want to do any conversions okay we have a winner Again, both very close. Nerd Bomber guessing 6-4. Once again, with the tongue out emoji. We get it. You like licking stuff. Whatever. Tectic got it exactly correct. He is six foot two. So, Tectic, congratulations. Darn it. That moves things ever closer. Tectic moves to 13 and 11. Nerd Bomber to 12 and 10. I believe that means that Tectic is now in first place overall. Nope. Still in second. No? Is that am I, is my terrible at match? Percentage-wise. Okay. Percentage-wise, you're still in second, but you really you close the gap. Or you're, you're in the process of closing the gap. So congratulations to Tectic. He will host our next quiz. Yeah. In the meantime, we thank you all for being here. Uh, for continuing to support the show both by listening and by leaving us a review on apple podcasts and maybe by heading over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast checking out how you can get back to the show over there again our twitter handles are at online warriors one for the main show account i am at ow illegal 86 we have at ow tactic and at ow nerd bomber let's have a conversation maybe a conversation about tactics tech tip for the week tactic take it away be like garfield hate mondays and love lasagna have a great week everyone